What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. I'm Chance Ellison. I'm Russell Howell. And this is Toyed by Chance, the show where we come and talk all things movies, television, streaming. Actually, just, just those three things. Um, this week it is, well, I mean, this month it is Pride Month, you know, in, in, in celebration of the LGBT community, which has come a very long way. Uh, we had decided to take a look at an LGBT film. And we have decided, no, I'm sorry, we haven't decided. Uh, you guys decided for us that we'll be reviewing 2016's Moonlight. Uh, I'm sure we have a lot to say about that movie. Well, I know one of us has a lot to say about that movie. Um, but for now, we have to get to, actually, before we get to anything, we have to talk about you know, the state of things right now. Because uh, we're in a very difficult time in our country. As at the moment, as like I said, uh, the George Floyd protests are still going on. The Black Lives Matter protests are still going on. You don't hear much about uh, rioting as you did anymore. At least, I, at least I, I haven't seen a whole lot about rioting. Have you? No, like I think the rioting kind of stopped a couple of days after Floyd's, you know, murder. I think uh, we saw it. Obviously, it was prevalent a couple of days thereafter, but we haven't really seen much. Uh, now it's now it's actually like you know just peaceful protesting, which is nice. So uh, yeah, so I'm glad the rioting has kind of stopped, and then just you know what I mean, uh, uh, you know other groups trying to you know start stuff in between you know f- against blacks and stuff like that, and try to start more unnecessary uh, you know drama. And it's it's actually nice to see you know people come together for a you know a shared purpose or cause. You know. Well, and, spe- and speaking of which, um, we should talk about. I mean, the George Floyd thing hasn't been fully resolved yet, although the officers, I believe, were arrested, if I'm not mistaken, yes? Yeah. Okay, yeah, the officers were arrested, but some something that hasn't really, just that hasn't really come to fruition is one for Miss Breonna Taylor. Uh, Breonna Taylor was a young woman who was, uh, she was shot and killed by police, but these are, these are way different circumstances than anything else. I mean, it's not the same as George Floyd, who maybe used a counter for 20. Again, still maybe. We have no idea if he actually did. Uh, or whether or not... Or, you know, that uh, man who was shot while he was on a run, whose name I, whose name escapes me. I can't remember. Um, but, Breonna Taylor was shot in her home. The story goes that uh, police were trying to raid a house on suspicion of criminal activity. I'm not sure what exactly. Probably drugs. Probably drugs. If I had to guess, I'm not 100 positive. I mean, if, if if I was a gambling man, I probably would say drugs. Yeah. Uh, sh- the, they broke into her house and uh, she was shot eight times. Uh, and she but she wasn't even doing it. She was just there. She was sleeping, and they just busted in and shot her. And the thing is, like that, they were in the completely wrong house. Which yeah, yeah, it's crazy that they can do that and just for lack of a better word, get away with it because no officers in that case have been arrested, no charges have been pressed, nothing's happened well, to anybody. Which is crazy, yeah. Which is crazy because they, I mean, they weren't even in the right house, yeah. And and to just up and just shoot somebody, you know, it's just it's it's crazy. It's been causing a lot of protests, causing calling for calling for the defundment of the police departments. So and to which people, a lot of people will say, you know, uh, you know, like why, why do you want them to fund it? So you know, I, you know, I hope, I hope, uh, you know, something bad happens to you. Better not call the police because you want them defunded. It's not about, it's not about not wanting cops because we want like a lawless town or whatever. It's, it's about 
It's about look. Something is systematically wrong with the, with the police departments, in that all these things happen, and it seems like there's no consequences for it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you look at I think I think it's, I can't remember where I saw this, but it's like Michael Vick served more days in jail for killing a dog, or for his involvement in dog fighting, than any officers involved in an unjust shooting of a civilian. Uh, but like, and if you look at proposed budgets for any city, for any like city, city plan, uh, the amount law enforcement gets as opposed to other departments is incredible like it's they get a huge chunk of a huge chunk of budgets as opposed to things like education or or, or other things of that nature and it seems kind of stupid to keep dumping money into something that's clearly not working yeah, kind of like what we were saying before it's like you have to kind of strip it down and build it back up again because the, what you're doing now just doesn't seem to be working um, you need to really flush out, um, you know, you know, the, the racist cops out there because we just can't have things like this continually happen, you know, time and time again. It's just, it's, it's, we're, 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 we're making, you know, backward progress with all this stuff. You know what I mean? We need to move forward, not backwards. And I think it's just like one step up, two steps back with all this stuff. And we're, we're never going to get ahead if we don't. Yeah. So, um, and yeah, uh, pro- peaceful protests have been going on all, all over the country. But most notable one, at least I think, has been uh, in San Francisco. You see this one across the Golden Gate Bridge? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's yeah. funny because like, just a, a separate uh, story about it. But my wife and I ran across the uh, Golden Gate Bridge, and I think it looks big, bigger when you see it on um, like on the screen because they do like the, you know the panoramic shot, and it's like wow, that it's a really big bridge. Don't get me wrong, it's like two and a half miles. Uh, you know, so it's, it's, you know, it's big. I mean, you figure you fill that up with people. I mean, that's, that's a lot of people two and a half miles stretches out, but, um, I mean, it look, it I looks, just always thought it looks that fairly, um, it looks fairly small yeah. in the theme song of full house, it, but you know what? It does look small when you're like there and then on it, um, to run across it. It does seem a lot smaller. Cause you think like, it just looks so majestic when you see it. Uh, just like on, you know, even like before 49ers games, like they, they, well, when they were playing at candlestick in San Francisco, uh, just to see like the panoramic shot of the golden gate bridge, you're like, wow, that bridge is huge. And then finally having first visited a couple years ago, I think like three years ago, we went, uh, three, it was about three or four years ago. We went for the first time and yeah, the bridge is actually kind of small once you get there, but nonetheless though, uh, to fill that up with, you know, protesters, that's, that's, that's still a lot of people. Yeah, it's very impressive. I'm really proud of what people are accomplishing with all this stuff. And uh, yeah, uh, keep uh, donating where you can. Keep uh, protesting. Fight the good fight. Just everyone who's out there trying to be heard. Just you feel like you say, you make enough noise, we get results. Like, I we, who knows if uh, George Floyd's officer would have been arrested if people didn't call for them to be arrested just so loud and so much. So, you know, I think you know this 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 is how progress starts. And I think we're making I think we're making a good step. We're making a very good step. Uh, next story we are, I'm sorry, not next story, I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, I, we are now going back to our regularly scheduled, uh, silliness. So first of which is our weekly trailer talk. First of which trailer, we, we talked about, we talked about the first one. The second one isn't, we're not going to harp too much on this one, but it's the trailer for Irresistible, the John Stewart political comedy. 
It's very similar to the first trailer we saw. It's like dead on the same trailer. <laughs> yeah, no, in a, legit. Which is why we're not gonna hop on this one too long because you know it's different music cube, but same. Gen- I'm still looking forward to it. I think it looks funny. Russell, you agree? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, anytime you put Steve Carell in a comedy, I mean, I think you know he really rises to the occasion and shines. So, uh, I mean, it, it looks funny. Um, and Chris Cooper's always, you know, you never know what you're gonna get with him, uh, but he's always a solid actor. It should be pretty good though. It looks like an entertaining film. Um, and I mean, right around election season, so it's uh, kind of appropriate that we get Fitting. you know, type of a uh, comedic film. Yeah, I'm not sure. If that, I'm not sure if that's on purpose or not, but uh, yeah, this is set for like uh, this movie is still about Steve Carell uh, trying to help a mayoral candidate for a small town in Wisconsin. Uh, his uh, his uh, opposition is ran by Rose Byrne, who she, she, we've talked about this earlier. She's really she's really good when she has comedies. Like people underestimate she's, her. I mean, she, really, she's really, really stepped up, man. She's really like a good comedic gem now. Very underrated. Um, just what she's done, even in the na- neighbor, you know, neighbors. Even that, like a boss. The movie wasn't that great, but still, she really, she really showcases why she's such a good comedic actress. And uh, yeah, I, 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 anything that she's in, I usually like to go just because. I mean, she's a really good actress. You know what? When it was announced that they were doing like an all-female Ghostbusters, I honestly wanted her to be on it. I, wa- I wanted her to be. I, I, I'd be. I'd be nice to see Rose Byrne as the Ghostbuster. Yeah, I, I mean, for sure. I think you could have. Re- you could have replaced. Who, yeah. Or replaced replace any of them, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, seriously, because I mean, to me, I just it was kind of like a forgettable film. Again, you know, well, unfortunately, well, I know it's. We'll we'll, we'll we'll talk about Ghostbusters when we talk about Ghostbusters, but. Uh, one day, <laughs> one <laughs> soon. Um, <laughs> uh, but anyways, so yeah, uh, this movie is. I think it was come out last month, if I'm not mistaken. But it's now set for a streaming release of May, not May. We're in June, June twenty sixth. I, I feel like I feel like I made the date up. June twenty sixth, twenty twenty. Uh, VOD everywhere. I'm definitely gonna, I'm definitely gonna watch it because I love John Stewart. Let's support, let's support the man. And yeah, uh, next show we're talking about is for one that, uh, w- one that isn't look nearly as good, and that is you should have left the new Blumhouse movie, uh, starring Kevin Bacon, uh, fighting a house, uh, a mad, a maybe magic yeah. house, because Russell. Did you know the room is five feet larger on the inside than it is the outside? I was sitting there thinking to myself, when when would you ever have thought that? Like, where would you ever have like said, "Hey, you know what? Get the tape measure out. I got, I got a, I got a. This uh, room looks bigger. I, I got to figure this out. I got to, yeah. Son, get me the tape measure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, starts him. Uh, he goes in his house, and some weird, some weird things are going on. Uh, written and directed by David Cap, who's been he's been in the game for a long time. He has writing credits on Jurassic Park, Mission Impossible, the first Spider Man, a bunch of crap not worth mentioning. Uh directorial efforts include Ghost Town, which is actually pretty underrated. If you haven't seen Ghost Town, go go watch it. Um What was the other one? Uh Mordecai, which is atrocious. Uh if you have, you haven't seen it, don't. You're really not missing a goddamn thing. Um But Russell, what did you think of the trailer for <laughs> What do you think of the trailer for Kevin Bacon Fights House? 
man. Yeah, it's. I feel like we've seen this house in a, another movie. Like it just looks familiar, but um, this looks like a film that it just I, something happened in the past. Kevin Bacon did some kind of wrong or something in the past that he's paying for now. Um, it, it has one of those types of you know feels to it. Um, Amanda Seyfried, uh, she really has not aged. She looks exactly the same. Yeah, right. You, you could put her in a high school movie right now, and she wouldn't feel out of place. Yeah, I mean, like, think about it. Mean Girls, 16 years ago, literally still looks the same. Has not aged. Yeah. Yeah, no, she, she, she looks great. And, uh, yeah, it's this movie doesn't look very good. I think it's going to VOD June 19th. And funny enough, the movies that probably would benefit, well, not benefit the most, probably like, not lose as much in the transition to some theaters of VOD, probably Blumhouse, just because everybody's don't cost jack to make. Yeah, I mean it's you know you know their uh, their mo you know we got to put the least amount of money in it to heed the biggest uh, results. <laughs> it's just like I'll, I'll give you five million dollars, not a penny more. I better get this back at the end of the month. <sighs> got to make it work. <laughs> got to get it. Got to get it to work. Got to got to make at least thirty thirty million the first month. I forgot to put blood. Oh yeah, you want some blood? Oh god. Okay. PG thirteen. I hear you. <laughs> But it's amazing, like even like Fantasy Island, man. Fantasy Island, which is which is a terrible, terrible movie. Uh, but it but it made money. I'm assuming. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we'll take the profits. Oh, it still made its money back. I'm gonna say. Yeah, maybe we'll double check the profits of Fantasy Island. I mean, absolutely. Island. Uh, Pretty, it definitely made it. Budget of seven million dollars. Yeah, forty forty seven forty seven million on seven million dollar budget. It definitely made money. And then look at the uh, Invisible Man. Oh, this oh, man crushed. gangbusters, man. Gangbusters. Uh, so, yeah, uh, and yeah, as we said, the movie's set for a June 19th, 2020 release date. Also set for a June 19th, 2020 release date is our next trailer, which I've been, movie for I've been looking forward to. Uh, it's 7500. It's about a pilot who has to kind of defend his plane in the middle of a hijacking. Now, the reason I'm looking forward to this is because uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt is the star of this film, and God, we have not seen this movie. We have not seen him in a movie in so long, man. So long. Not since Snowden have we seen him star in a movie. Yeah, it's been a while for him. Yeah, he's kind of been. Uh, he's been focused on his hit record thing, which is cool. I, I like that. But man, he he's legit one of my favorite working actors right now. I think he's great. I think he's. I think he could be an Oscar caliber actor if he if he worked more and did you know more stuff. But he's doing it now and. Yeah, I think the movie looks good. I'm 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 mostly sold on it because of uh, because of Levitt. But yeah, what 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 do you think of the uh, trailer for Seventy Five Hundred? I liked it. And honestly, it's one of those movies that it's just going to be one of those you know edge of your seat, pulse pounding thrillers. And you know, kind of how we said, Joseph Gordon Levitt is pretty much like a chameleon. The kid can do whatever you know, whether it be a comedy, whether it be a serious you know uh, you know drama. Uh, action, anything, you know, he's, he's just, he just showcases what a versatile actor he is. Um, and I definitely agree. He'll definitely win an Oscar when it's all said and done. But, um, I think this movie looks fantastic. Um, really curious to see what they're, uh, they're going to do with this and, and, you know, shout out to Amazon, you know, Amazon's really been stepping up their game. Um, yeah, a lot of duds here and there, but, um, vast of night was really good. And um, it's oh, nice you, to see oh, that this watch, one is uh, you watch Amazon. Vast Night. You watch Vast Night. 
Yeah, we went. Uh, we went to the uh, drive-in to see it actually when it premiered. Really? Um, they how, played how it back to back with Super Eight. How, how is it? That's it was nice. good. It was actually really good. It, it was like a, um, I think it was like what, pretty much like a UFO type back to back type uh, uh, thing, like sci-fi. Yeah, cause I've, I've heard really great things about night, that. which was nice. I really, I really heard it great things about Vast Night, was, but I haven't. Yeah, check it out. Watch it. it. Yeah, we got a free T-shirt out of it. Like I got a T-shirt. It says Vast of Night, Amazon Prime, blah blah blah. But uh, for Beck and I to go, um, it literally only cost us two dollars. It was two dollars uh, carload. <laughs> yeah, and so. yeah. yeah uh, well, I'm, I'm in the middle of a whole giant geek movie, just benders. So I don't watch a whole lot of regular movies anymore. <laughs> but and uh, we'll get to one I did watch later. But yeah, uh, seventy five hundred set for a. Uh, it finally got a release date because uh, this movie was actually shot like way back in 2017. It never got made a distribution until now. Uh, Amazon picked it up and like I said, set for a uh, set for a June nineteenth, twenty twenty release date. And uh, last one we're talking about is one that we were both very much looking forward to. Uh, Bill and Ted face the music. This is the long, long, long-awaited Bill and Ted movie. Uh, Bill and Ted three. Uh, it's been a while since I, I did not know. It's been like almost thirty years since the last Bill and Ted film. Crazy. Uh, you lose track of that. Like you, you think about it, and you're like, "Yeah, it's been a while since that came out." And then you actually have to like start doing the, like even like '90s music. I'll be listening on like Sirius XM, and I'll be like, "Oh my god, that that sounds almost thirty years old." It's crazy how fast that it, it happens like that. Yeah, but a uh, plot of this plot of this movie. Or, uh, let's see, Holland Taylor, uh, Kittleson from Kittleson from the practice, is like, "Hey, yo, look." Uh, you guys are really down. You're like, you're supposed to write a song that's supposed to unite the world. You haven't done it yet. So, you know, what gives? And Bill and Ted are just like, okay, uh, well, we haven't done it yet, so why don't we go into the future and get the, and get the song from the source, which you think about it, it's like, yeah, that's kind of smart. Like, why didn't you? I mean, not, not, not why didn't you do that earlier, but, like, this is actually, like, a really smart way to get around it, but things don't go yeah, right. Yeah, sure. And something I think is really interesting about this film is the fact that it's supposed to take place in real time. Like, like so basically, what what, what that means is like they're gonna have seventy eight minutes to save the future, and by the end of seventy eight minutes, they either will or will not have saved the future. So I, I think that's an interesting way I think, to go about the movie. I do. I think that's kind of cool. It's like real. Yeah, that's that's really cool. Like, how many other movies actually do that in real time? Not a whole lot. I mean, that that, that that's like some twenty four shit. Uh, oh yeah, that's some twenty four stuff for sure. Uh, but yeah, so uh, you know something I will say, like like Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter, they look like they look like they've just like slid in back into these roles. Keanu especially because you look at where his career, his career has gone, especially especially the last few years, man. Just to go from you know being a badass shooting everybody in the head and the chest and the neck and the balls, uh, back to Ted Theodore Logan. It's it's such a crazy transition, and he and he looks just like it looks like he never stopped playing this role. No, you can tell like these two literally have picked right back up with their chemistry. Yeah, it looks so great. And Alex Winter, man, people talk about how Keanu aged great. Alex Winter looks great, man. He looks really good. Yeah, they both. Yeah, they both do for sure. 
yeah, uh, supporting cast also includes William Sadler, who is back as the Grim Reaper, Anthony Kerrigan from Barry, who I love. I think he's a great actor. Uh, Kid Cudi, Jillian Bell, Beck Bennett, uh, Kirsten Schaal. George Carlin's apparently supposed to be in this via archive footage, so I'm not sure how that's going to work, but we'll see. And, uh, yeah, this movie is currently set for a August 21st, 2020 release date. Do you think this goes to theaters, or do you think it goes to VOD? You know what? I'm trying to be optimistic. I really think with the state of the theaters and stuff like that, I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to say it does go to theaters. Um, I think we get back to some kind of normalcy in the theaters within the next, hopefully next month, month and a half. But, yeah, I can see this going. I, I'm going to go, yes, theaters. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I hope I hope so. I hope it's theaters. I'm not sure that's a guarantee, but I I would honestly rather I'd honestly rather push this back to next year than not watch it in theaters. If I'm being if, yeah for uh, sure yeah because because I lo- I love the first two Bill and Ted's man I think they're both super funny both super inventive uh, has some really cool crazy time travel stuff and yeah I think that I I think that this this movie's gonna be fun this is gonna be funny. And I can't wait to watch it on August 21st, 2020. So that does it for Trailer Talk. We now move on to Notorious News, our news segment of the show. And we have <laughs> it's a very interesting thing to talk about. Uh, first of which, let's see what we got. Something we didn't talk about last week, actually. Uh, J.K. Simmons. Uh, if you, well, spoiler everybody by Magic Far From Home. If you liked his return to J. Jonah Jameson, as you should, because the only guy that can play that role. Uh, good news is J.K. Simmons has apparently signed a multi-Spider-Man deal with Marvel and Sony. Question is, when is he going to be that? There's rumors he's supposed to be Pierre Morbius, which I am not excited about, if that's true. Uh, I think he's also supposed to appear after nothing else. But, yeah, uh, are you down to see more J. Jonah? Do you want to see the... Because this is a very different interpretation of Daily Planet, or Daily Bugle, than what we've seen before, but, you know, do you, do, do you want to see more J.K. as J. Jonah? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't mind. I mean, I, I think he fits the role perfectly, and, you know, why not? But, um, yeah, Morbius, not looking forward to either, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's just the, the fucking Jared Leto vampire movie. Right now we're not looking forward to that. <laughs> oh, man. I'd be at your damn mind. Uh, let's see. Uh, actually, there's a lot of news moving forward on the theater reopening front. Uh, movie theaters in California are supposed to reopen June twelfth. Uh, I think AMC is opening relative. Oh, they're they're reopening in July, so there's that. Uh, just in time for Tenant. So, yeah, he's the reason. <laughs> he's the, it's Christopher Nolan. I'm the telling you, dude. <laughs> no, Nolan is behind all this, dude. Yeah, I mean, and on, on, on also like the, the theater, in my hometown, three opening. I think it's it's open right now. I I, I can go watch a movie like right now. Whatever. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. There's no sign or like any news around our area. Um, Mom and pop theaters really haven't sent any announcements yet. And uh, Regal, the um, the card that I have, the Regal Unlimited, they it's still shut off, which is it was nice of them to do that. Um, it just says unavailable, you know, due to our theaters closing or whatever. Um, haven't heard anything. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm a really? man without a cinema. Oh, that's sad. That's sad. 
Most sorry, so are most people. <laughs> being honest. Well, we got drive-ins. We got drive-ins though. That's true. Which, Dri- this week gonna be uh, this week gonna be nice. Drive-ins are doing awesome right now. How about this weekend? They got uh, ET paired up with Back to the Future. Oh, that's a that's a great double feature. Absolutely. So looking forward to that. Yeah, driving just open to my ho- my hometown too. The closest driving to me right now because I'm in Arizona is in Phoenix, which is a nice it's it's a nice drive-in, but I'm not sure if they're operating. Yeah, I should check. Have you have you done have you done the game? Yeah, ours is a sm- ours is a small small mom and pop. I, I think it's like twenty five minutes, half hour from where we're at. But uh, that vast of night, like I said, they they were just trying to get people in to go see the see this you know see the double feature uh, just for this one because nobody knew what the vast of night was, um, and they were charging two dollars for the carload, two bucks, and you got a free shirt too. Oh, that's 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 actually very nice. Oh, I mean, you can't beat that. And then I mean. You're going to spend money into concessions anyway, and I think they know that. But still, it was just nice for them to, to do that. And sometimes they'll do triple features. So if it's 10 bucks a person, you get three movies. That's still only like $3 a, a movie. That's still cheap. Yeah. Uh, our next – yeah, so uh, if, you want, if you want to go to theaters again, don't worry. You're going you're gonna to get the chance very soon. <laughs> uh, uh, next story we're talking about is – let's see. Oh, here's a good one. And – this comes courtesy of my good friends over at uh, the Meaning of Podcast, uh, RB3, Sabrina Ramirez, and Ace Cabrera, and Andres Ace Cabrera. I'm not sure which one he prefers. Uh, it has to do with Fan Four Stick. Uh, it turns out jo- director Josh Trang was actually originally pushing for a Black Sue Storm in addition to the Black Johnny Storm, but he got fi- fight back from the studio. Now, normally I would be upset by this, or uh, you know. A little peeve, just like ah, oh, come on, you can't, you can't let a black, you can't let a black woman have that role. But look at the final product. Whatever black actor didn't get cash, she got off easy. <laughs> I mean, like what that she really couldn't have saved the, the film, you know? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, the movie's not going to be better by making Sue Storm black. No, I mean, I, I don't think that's indicative of yeah. The movie was kind of a kind of doomed from the get go. It sounds like. I mean, I feel bad for the actors who actually got cast in the movie. I feel, I feel, I feel pretty good for people who didn't get to be in it. Again. But like you and I said, I mean, damn good cast. It's just it's sad that, you know, I, I don't know, just sad it didn't work out. Because, oh. I mean, it was, you know, our favorite actors. Oh, yes. Uh, our, our boys. <laughs> we'll, 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 yeah. we'll, get, we'll get more into that when we, ever, when we inevitably do fan four stick. But... Yeah, I mainly just want to do that because they're, that story has been going around a lot of places, and they don't get the credit for it. So uh, I, I, I wanted to make sure th- that we credit the source, which, again, we rarely do. But yeah. in this case, since I, since I know them, I, I wanted to make sure I gave them their due. So uh, just people, new, professional news outlets, because we're not professionals, uh, professional news outlets, just don't always credit your sources, no matter who it is, because that's... That's pretty shitty if you don't. Uh, next story we're talking about. Uh, Ari Aster is talking about his next movie. It says it will be a four-hour nightmare comedy. Yeah, uh, I feel like he's taking the wrong lessons <laughs> from his movies. <laughs> because Yeah, I, I, I don't know what we're doing here. Here's the thing, because I, I, I really liked Hereditary a lot. That was one of my favorites of 2018. Uh, I think, yeah, and that, I think that film was pretty excellent. Uh, Midsummer, I liked. I didn't love. Biggest problem with it, I think it was over. I think it was way too long. 
That's that's why I never went back yeah, to the direct, that's why I never yeah. went back to the director's cut is because I'm like okay a longer version of the movie I always thought was too long to begin with. No, pass. I went I went back because I, I liked it enough to do that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I also wasn't overly thrilled with the the, the regular cut. Yeah. But uh, four I hours. Get, I get it though. It's yeah. It's that's that's a little bit of rough. Yeah, uh, a four, four hour. I feel like uh, maybe we're learning about Ari. Maybe learning about Ari Aster. He's <laughs> just like, uh, you know, maybe, maybe don't let him do whatever he wants to do. <laughs> if, if this doesn't work out, maybe don't. If this doesn't work out, because we haven't seen it. Uh, if this doesn't work out, maybe don't let him do whatever yeah. he wants to do anymore. Well, my thing is, would you rather do the Ari Aster four hour comedy horror, or would you uh, rather watch Peter Jackson's King Kong? <laughs> that's actually. That's actually. Harder on paper. Uh, yeah, I think Peter. There you have it. I think Peter Jackson King Kong is slightly shorter. <laughs> so, oh man, it's just boy that that movie felt like forever. Oh my god! Like it 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 was literally a, an entire movie's length just to get to King Kong. I was gonna say, wasn't it an hour and a half before we actually saw Kong? It was an hour and a half, of like uh, a three-hour movie. God, that was so bad. Yeah, King, yeah, Jackson's King Kong. <laughs> not, 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 not very good. Not very good. Uh, but yeah, uh, the Ari Aster Nightmare comedy. You can find it somewhere. I'm, assuming, I'm not. I'm not exactly sure where it's gonna be going. Cause I mean, you're gonna you're gonna find some studio who's mad enough to put that out somewhere. Probably streaming. I would assume it's more like Netflix. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Netflix, Amazon, maybe. Uh, there's there's a, there's a lot you can, there's a lot you can go with that, but you know I I think Ari Aster has a very even if I don't like what he's doing all the time, which I haven't disliked anything, I just don't like as much as his previous work. Uh, he's always trying something, which I admire. And like I said, Florence Pugh in that movie is still fantastic. So oh for sure. That. Uh, next story, I think maybe our last one because we don't have a whole lot. News. Actually, no, we have two more. I'm sorry. Uh, well, for, first of which is uh, uh, The Last of Us HBO miniseries has gotten a director in well, the Chernobyl writer, Craig Mazin, and now they have the Chernobyl director, Jonas Roberts. So they're reteaming back up to tell this story. Now, uh, you have not seen Chernobyl. I'm not even asking because I know you haven't seen it. Yeah, which is another series I wanted to watch because I heard nothing but great things about it. It's just one of those, one of those ones I never got around to. Well, good thing you know about your novels. It's only like five episodes. So. Yeah. We're watching Netflix right now. I'm watching this other series right now. Uh, yeah, this is, this, I know. This is, this, is, this is why we can't get anything done. With I was watching your, your Netflix series. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, uh, I did watch Chernobyl. Chernobyl is fucking excellent. But... yeah. Well, not, not not but I think this, I think this is a great news. I think it's great news with the two of them coming back together. Today they clearly have a good working relationship with each other, have a good working relationship with HBO, and yeah, it showed me that this is going to be uh, this is going to be like a true like serious adaptation of this property, which is good because I think that this is one that could be translated well. We talked about when it was announced, but this is one I do think could be translated well to a visual or a non-video game medium because there's so there's so many video games that would have trouble translating like i don't think you ever do you could ever do a grand theft auto movie because i think that's that'd be all that'd be don't tempt them don't tempt them means i'm sure i'm sure someone's gonna try it but it's a bad idea oh 
but yeah, I think there's one that could ha- could have like a good adaptation like this. And if it works, we could see HBO could become a hub for like adapting these like more mature video games. Like, I would love to see this approach for like Red Dead Redemption because that has an amazing story and like really great yeah, it characters. Have you, have you played that game? I I played the first one for PlayStation Two. Back when the first like first came out, and that's oh. back when I was I was game like I was yeah. gaming well, more fr- more frequently. Oh, right, Red Dead Red Dead Revolver, yeah, okay. I, I haven't played that one, but I'm actually yeah. I, 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 did, I did play a little bit. It's pretty fun, but Red Redemption's just on a whole other level. Yeah, and I think that's what I heard. Do, yeah, doing that approach, doing this kind of approach for that kind of story, I think would be I think would be more beneficial than uh, than doing like a movie of it. But yeah, so I do think that this could. This could go really well. I'm actually excited to see where this is going. Uh, next story we're talking about is there are rumors that the Batman will appear in Matt Reeves's Batman. Funny how that works. Uh, but here's the thing. Uh, well, you can't have him fight Joaquin Phoenix because that wouldn't make any sense. He's not coming back. No matter how much you pay him. So who who would you want to see? Okay, so this is, take it with a grain of salt because we can't, we haven't had any confirmation yet. Uh, but in case this is true, and if we're if they're doing another Joker, who would you want to see? Who would you want to see play the Joker? Jeez, that's tough. I I really never actually even thought about it. Um, who who would who could be good at it? I don't know. I really don't know. I never really actually took the time to sit down and think about it. Uh, I'm trying to think who out there right now could could pull it off. Jeez. Well, why don't you throw your yours out? Let me think about it here. Let me let me marinate on it a little bit. Someone that I would want to see is because they've expressed interest in doing the role before. I think he's an awesome actor. Lakeith Stanfield, I think, would be a really interesting Joker. Okay. I really don't know, Chance. I just really never thought about it. Hmm. I'm shooting. I'm, I'm absolutely blank right now. I just never. It was one of those things where I never. Yeah, just never thought about it. Yeah. Well, um. Yeah. No, I, I don't know though. I I, I wouldn't be surprised. Like, uh, I, I know they're completely separate storylines. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Somehow, do they weave in uh, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker at all? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I don't see how you could, but that'd also be like you know. the fast. also be like the fastest fight of all time because like you, 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 you think Pattinson, you think, you think Pattinson was, oh, sorry, um, you think Pattinson would make short work of skinny ass Joaquin Phoenix? Yeah, I mean, but Joaquin Phoenix is like crazy. You ever see him in The Master? Oh, he he's, like just he's doesn't insane. care. Yeah, even yeah. Like, well, I'm, what I'm saying is like he just doesn't. I don't know. And he was even like that in The Joker, but um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do with that. That's God. I just, I just don't know who who would, who could play him. Yeah. I'm an absolute blank. Wow, that's that, that's 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 you can't think of one person in Hollywood. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Are we doing an older actor? Are we doing a younger actor? Like, I I don't know where you where you want to go with it. You well, know, just, just pick one. God, I don't even know. I I, I really don't even know. First thing I thought of was an older actor, and I just thought it would be funny. Like Benicio del Toro would be funny, I think. Oh, actually, um, I just think he's a good actor. That'd be uh, that'd be interesting, actually. See, yeah, I mean that, that was just the first person I thought of. Like, but again, I I, I went like 
older. I didn't think, uh, again, I don't know how old we're, we're trying to do the Joker here. But yeah, Benicio Del Toro, uh, um, I think he has that maniacal side that I think he, he would play a good Joker. So I, that's who I would probably maybe go with. Not, I don't know. That's not a bad idea. I, I'd be down to see Benicio as the Joker. How is he going to top his role as Slipper? Yeah, but he could do that, though. Like, I just feel like he, he's just that type of actor. You know, I mean, you see how kind of sadistic he is in Sicario a little bit. I think he could just bring that to, you know, fruition in, like, a comic book world type. But I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, yeah. I mean, Batman's still set for 2021 currently. My pushback. He just got clearance to resume filming in London. And, yeah, we'll definitely see. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it because I love Batman, but we'll see how it turns out. And last story we're talking about right now is HBO Max because they are continu- they are continuing to about to just botch their service again. Still not available on Roku. Still not available on Fire Stick. And uh, here are some titles that are already. Keep in mind, it's supposed to be like a hub for everything WB, including DC. Here's a list. Here's a full list of. I think we covered kind of last time, but this is the entire list. I did not know how extensive this was. So here we go. Everything leaving HBO Max at the end of the month. Uh, Batman. Batman Forever. Batman Returns. Batman vs. Superman. Donna Justice. Catwoman. Jonah Hex. Lego Batman Movie. The Losers. Steel. Suicide Squad. Teen Titans Go to the Movies. Wonder Woman, the animated movie, and Wonder Woman, the live action movie. Just Okay, and also uh, here are some lists of some other movies that are leaving their platform. Uh, American Wedding. Black Klansman. Braveheart, Harold and Kumar go to White Castle, The Hobbit Trilogy, Ma, The Meg, Practical Magic, Pretty in Pink, Selena, Shutter Island, The Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, Tropic Thunder, Two Weeks Notice, Unfriended Dark Web, and Us. Some of those I understand because they're not WB titles, but the ones that are like first per- first party titles, you have no excuse. You really have no yeah, excuse. Like, mo- yeah. yeah, movies like Braveheart is kind of surprising. Even The Hobbit Trilogy. Trilogy. Yeah, especially because like one of the, yeah, one of the big craziness. things, one of the big things the market on was like Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings is still not on there as far as far as I checked. I haven't I haven't checked it in a while. Yeah. Uh, but that, that that DC man, the DC is losing a lot. I'm, what are they going to have left when all this is over? Yeah, that's. I mean, you'd think you would want to have all that on one hub, like one spot to put that in. Like especially like the old bat. Like you, you mean Batman eighty nine is leaving too? Like the old. The old uh, Batman, Batman Returns, Forever. Uh, is Batman and Robin still like? Batman is, is that on the? No, Batman and Robin HBO is still. Max? It, is, it, it is there right now. It is still. It is leaving. Every single yeah Batman movie just, that's not a Nolan one is leaving. That's like why? Like I mean, where else is it gonna go? I, I don't understand that. Yeah, super crazy. Like, why would you want to relinquish all those? You know what I mean? Yeah, especially because like, I mean, what's gonna have like? Is, 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 did I say Aquaman? Aquaman's Aquaman's still gonna be there, so you got that. Uh... Yeah, but even Wonder Woman, I'm surprised. Like the 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 critical, you know, acclaimed, you know, the the darling of the DCU. You know what I mean? That's crazy. So it's like far their major movies. Here's, wow. here's what's gonna be left, but in all those leaves. So you got Aquaman. Uh, the Catwoman is leaving. Green Lantern. Uh, did I say Justice League? Oh, no, Justice League is leaving. Never mind. Uh, Man of Steel? Shazam. Man of Steel's not even on there at all. 
Wow. The, the only Superman Jeez. movie. Jeez. I said it last time. The only Superman movie they have on there is Supergirl. That's crazy. What a, what a slap in the face. Yeah, so they are continuing to just botch, to just completely botch this service. Uh, like I said, WB consult. Yeah, you and I could run that better. You, we, we could run it better. We at least have all the content. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we spend like good stuff to leave on there. Or at least try to make and, a push to and, keep on. And wow. just do whatever we can to leave it there. Yeah, I mean, like movies like Two Weeks Notice. I don't think anybody's really gonna miss the Hugh Grant Sandra Bullock movie from like twenty years ago. You know what I mean? Like movies like Braveheart are kind of like head scratching just because they're so iconic, even still. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but yeah, the movies like Ma and the Meg. I mean, you can move those around. Like us, I would try to keep. Um. Yeah, that's just oh, man. That's really. Well, big, big problem with us is that it's universal. I get it, but I mean, I'm, I'm saying if you're trying to keep things on platforms, I mean, make a push to try at least keep those movies, movies like Two Week Notice and like Ma and Meg and like you know those movies you can shift around. That's not that big of a deal. Yeah, but yeah, some of these are just ridiculous. The DC especially is, is yeah, especially that's, sad. That's, that's head scratching. Uh, well, either way, I, I believe this will pick up. I believe I believe in you. Just gotta start start proving me right, please. Just start proving me right. I mean, it can only get better. Oh, and don't, don't challenge him. From here, question mark? Question? You can only get better. <laughs> Hold my beer. You can only get better. Question mark? Uh, so yeah, uh, is is that HBO Max? <laughs> Uh, everyone thought this. Everyone oh. this is supposed to rival Disney Plus. At least Disney Plus was available on most platform, on not most all platform by the time it launched. But on paper, though, this could be a really good platform. Oh, on, on paper. paper, sure, and like, it should be. The larger movie library is actually is still actually really good. It's just that the other ancillary libraries, <laughs> due to various other services, are pretty crap. Because, well, because they're not going to be able to keep afloat just with like. Friends, Game of Thrones, and Sopranos. Fresh, you know what fresh, I mean? Like you're gonna need Prince. movies too to kind of help. It's called home yeah. box office, as in movies. Well, yeah, no, 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 I know, but you know what I'm saying with um, with uh, TV shows though, that are on the on this on the platform. Because what Friends is on HBO Max, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know what I'm saying? You're gonna need, I, you obviously need movies too, but I'm just saying. You can't just sit there and try to pride yourself on, you know, like Game of Thrones and Friends and stuff like that, and try to keep keep relevant. If and I, on top of it, ha, ha, what's that? No, no, go ahead. Finish what you're saying. All right, all right. No, hold on one second. I was saying on, on top of that. No, I said you. Yeah, go ahead. You, you finish your thought. You finish your thought. No, what I was saying was like I figured. I forget what I was going to say. Go ahead, finish your thought. Maybe I'll. I'll, I'll oh, think about I, I, I was. I was, oh, was going to say is that. I believe they're also going to be the new streaming home of The Office when the when the Netflix contract expires. Uh, okay, so, but they have good. I mean, it's good TV, uh, good television. What they have, they just need to rival that with you know some movies, <laughs> and you know keep them, <laughs> let, let them stay. Yeah, like the platform literally just was what released not even like maybe over a month ago, and you're already getting rid of stuff. Yeah, it's crazy. Like. I don't know. Yeah, and uh, it looks like DC DC Universe should be folded in at any at any minute now, just because their show DC Daily, which some of my friends were on, uh, got tragically canceled. Uh, it sucks, but 
it happened. And maybe and you know maybe if it get enough push, it could come back for HBO Max, which I which I would actually like to see. Granted, I don't. I didn't watch it because I wasn't a subscriber to DC DC Universe. We should we should subscribe now to yeah. see what it's like. Seriously, like now's probably the time. Is it like a fire sale? Are they trying to get people to? You know, I wonder if they're still doing the. Let me see. Are they still doing like free trials? Because so we'll just, we'll just like do. That'd be funny. It's so we'll totally just like go on and sign up for and sign up for the free trial to see what's like. Just see what it's like to experience. It's just like just, just, let's see Rome as, as it's burning down. <laughs> No, I think what I was going to say was the fact that, yeah, the HBO Max thing, you can't even do it on like, Roku or anything like that. Like, I have it on my phone because I, I have it through, like, our cable or whatever, but, like, I don't watch it on my phone, you know? So I don't understand why you wouldn't have these, you know, apps available, especially for, like, big things like, you know, your, your Fire Stick, your Roku TV. You know, you would want more people to – and that just puts more eyes on your product. doesn't really make much sense, so yes. not very good marketing. Anyway, like, I can't. I can't find whether or not they have. They still have the free trial. Oh, they do have the free trial. <laughs> How long is it for? I'm not sure. A week? It might be probably a week, but we should totally try it. Yeah. Uh, be funny. Yeah. So uh, there. So that's that. Uh, that's it for our news segments, which means we now move on to. Uh, we now move on to our review of movie of the week. Like we said, this is LGBT. It's Pride Month. So we decided to take a look at 2016's Moonlight. Uh, this is a movie that uh, it was maybe was, was this the first like really big A24 film, the one the first A24 film to like really break big. I, would I say. think this was what like this kind of made it say, hey, you know, we're here, we're yeah. pretty good, uh, pr- pretty good company. We make some, we make some, uh, make, some make some pretty good stuff. You know, you should, uh, <laughs> just give it a try. Uh, yeah, uh, this is. Uh, this is uh, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna try and have my card. Oh, this is an excellent choice for us to talk about because I mean I've, I've talked a lot about how much I like this movie. Grant, this is the thing I hadn't seen it in a couple years because I showed it to my brother and sister like two, yeah. three years ago. So I haven't seen it since then. So does it hold up today? Uh, let's find out. This is Moonlight. So yeah, this movie is directed by Barry Jenkins. This is his very first film after I cannot remember. It's like the science of melancholy, or this it's 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 something of melancholy in the title. It has a uh, Wyatt Cenac, so the guy from Problem Areas on HBO. Um, but yeah, this is his first like foray back into like big screen filmmaking, and it's a hell. It's like starting off with a hell of a return because you see it. We we first meet our. We meet, we meet our first character, Juan, played by Mahershala Ali. Uh, and I would say, like, the first thing you notice off the bat is just the camera work. Just, like, when he, when he like, pulls up and gets yeah. out of the car and it's, like, following him. Like, you... you yeah. Like you, it, honestly, it makes you feel like you're there. And we'll say that a yeah, lot for this I movie. Mean, the camera work in someone's fantastic. Oh, it's smooth. It's natural. Yeah, it's like you—you you don't even realize like the cameras. But you know what I mean. You're just kind of just naturally being put into this element. I think that's what really you know Jenkins really does well in his film. Yeah, for sure. It's uh, and uh, we see he's he sells drugs. Uh, he sells drugs. There's a guy who's trying to get something, but he has enough money. There's a scene that kind of reminded me of Menace Society. Yeah, yeah. reminded the same thing. I remember that bit where he's just like trying to like I got, I got cheeseburgers. 
or even like New Jack City, where you have Chris Rock's character too. Yeah, that too. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm, I can I can see that being maybe an homage to that scene. But enough of that. A completely different movie runs through <laughs> as we see yeah. the main character of our of our movie, Chiron, played played in this part by Alex Hibbert. Uh, he's being chased by bullies. He goes he goes to a house and these are some like brutal bullies because like he goes to the house and they're they're like throwing stuff at the windows. It's like yeah, they're very uh, persistent. <laughs> they are they are very persistent. I mean, yeah. to a fault because they don't they don't like wait him out. They leave. Yeah. <laughs> and they, and they... Well, yeah. I mean, you're hanging around crack houses. I think you know. It's like yeah. I think we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and go. Yeah. This is like oh yeah we're gonna. This is like, yeah. It's like okay you can't stay in there forever. Three two hours later. Okay okay maybe he can. All right we're leaving. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then this is the part where like. Someone's breaking down the wood, and you think, "Oh crap! Oh crap! Did they get like a bigger bully to come and to come and fight him." No, it's uh, it's Juan. Not sure. Yeah. How, not sure how he found him, <laughs> but nevertheless, here we yeah. are. Uh, actually, couldn't have been. Two, actually, could it have been two hours? Because you look at the sun where it's at; like, it doesn't look like much time has passed. So he's are very persistent. That's bullies. the thing. And and why is Juan randomly looking into crack houses? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, we. I don't we, know. We don't. We don't know. And we don't want to know. So we'll uh, just go with it. So he ch- so he tried. So he's like, "Hey, you know what? Uh, what what you hanging out here for? Just come come with me. Go get come get a bite to eat." And yeah, we should use his time talking to Herschel Ali. Herschel Ali is excellent in this film. He is, and I think you and I were kind of surprised again of the short, you know, time that he's actually in this film. I mean, keep in mind he did win an Oscar for this, and he's only in the film uh, like for at least well. The movie probably like thirty five minutes, but how much of that is actually screen time that he's in? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's actually, it's actually in the majority of this segment, so I think the screen time yeah. is pretty good. But either way, just the way he has to work off of this kid, the way he has to work off him, and keep in mind for a lot of it, he doesn't say anything. It's all no. He kind of just yeah, yeah. It's all looks, and I do love the scene where the singer Diane was trying to get him to talk. And he's and he's eating. He's like, yeah, go talk to me. He take he takes away the food, and he just give the kid just gives the saddest look I've ever seen. He's just like, like yeah. his face just drops. And he's like, oh, it's like, oh, I, I, I wouldn't do it like that. He's, he just gives it back to him. <laughs> so I wanted to give him the I wanted to give him the food on my plate after seeing that look, man. That was, ooh, that was that was, that was, that was, that was sad. That was sad, man. Uh, but yeah, he's uh, he's going. He, he's he's still not talking, so he takes him back to his house. And you know, I give a lot of credit to these actors and the, the Barry Jenkins because this is something that could so easily be construed as creepy. But yeah, it, for but, sure. But it never. I mean, and I don't mean there's a dig, but like you think about it, it's a uh, like man in his. I don't know how old Marshall he is. Let's say late thirties, late thirties, early forties. Uh, yeah. finding a finding a kid in a abandoned kid in a crack house, taking him to eat, taking him back to his house. Like, like on paper, that sounds like ooh, yikes. But it's yeah. portrayed in like, yeah. like you watch it, you don't feel that. It's like it's a, like a really sweet connection the two of them have. It's natural, I think, and that's the thing that um, you know, Jenkins does with this. Because yeah, easily you can make that completely creepy. Like you know, kind of how you said an older person taking this kid out. He doesn't even know the kid doesn't even know him that well at all yet either. 
And on top of it, you're going to take him and have him spend the night. He's going to willingly spend the night at, at the stranger's house. Like it's yeah. Yeah. And something I, I like about this movie is the fact that it can say a lot without the, while saying very little. Like you look at this next scene where they go back to Sassanami's girlfriend, Teresa, played by Janelle Monet, who she had an excellent 2016. She, she was in two Best Picture nominees. This, yeah. this in uh, hit, hit good old Hidden Fences. Uh, <laughs> she, uh, the scene where she just gets in the car with Chiron, they, they don't say a word to each other. But you can tell every... But th- they don't need to. Because you can gather everything you need to know from that scene with just the way they look at each other. Yeah, I think I think that's I think that's an incredible transition. Yeah, uh, they're yeah, go- for sure. Yes, uh, they invite it. They invite him in. They have him for dinner, and he finally speaks. He's like his name is his name is Chiron. People call him, people call him little uh, for well for good reason. <laughs> so uh, you know he's, he's just like I don't I don't want to go home. So they have, they allow him to stay there for the night. Uh, they allow him to stay there, and Juan takes him home the next day. And that's where we meet his mom, played by Naomi Harris, who does a great American, by the way. Yes, much better than Pirates of the Caribbean. Calypso. <laughs> Calypso. Uh, oh boy! You know, it just occurred to me now. This is the this is the second best picture we reviewed. I think uh, maybe the second best picture we reviewed, and the second to feature Mahershala Ali. Because I don't think we done. I was gonna say yeah. We 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 got both of his Oscars already. We did get both <laughs> of his Oscars. I don't, I also yeah. I was thinking about the same thing too. Yeah. I don't I don't think we ever talked about another best picture winner, which we'll get which we'll get to at the end of this. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, but anyways, uh, he drops him off. They see the mom is kind of withholding because for for good reason. I mean, he's a complete stranger dropping off her kid, whose house he stayed at. Of course, he's apprehensive. But the thing is, you don't at first. You don't understand why he doesn't want to go home because she seems relatively well adjusted. She seems like a normal mom. And that's the thing I like about Jenkins doing this because as we go, as we transition with chapters in this film. You know what I mean? We start to really see even how how he changes her appearance too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it, it, we really see why. In the very first scene, we see her with her and Chiron. She's very like she's sweet. She's caring. I mean, she's she, she's she, kept together. She's yeah. Str- she's strict, but you know it's to be expected in this kind of situation. But she seems she seems like a relatively good mom. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, uh, we then cut to the next scene where I think is some really good foreshadowing. Uh, the, the kids are playing uh, a game we used to, in Texas we used to call, and I'm sorry, this is what we, this is what we call it, uh, Smear the Queer, a.k.a. Kill the Carrier. But basically what it was is, uh, what, what it was is you have like a bunch of guys and a ball of some sort, usually a football. Uh, you, throw it, you throw it up, whoever catches it, everyone there has to try and tackle that person. Which, which, is, which is why... It, which is why um, we got, we constantly got in trouble for playing it. Yeah, yeah, and uh, something I do like is, is is the subtle bit of foreshadowing is they're trying to like kick it at Chiron, they're trying to like kick it at Chiron, but he's not taking it. Which I, yeah, yeah, which I think is an interesting way to do it. And then another, the other kid who who does pick it up in his place, named Kevin. I yeah, th- this is the only I can't remember who who, who this kid is. Uh, he's, he's the only actor whose name I don't know, but he's actually really uh, he's actually really good in the scene he has because this is where they kind of like yeah. establish 
the bond these two have. Like you understand, like, they're really close friends. You understand that Kevin is someone who understands Chiron in a way that other kids don't. And this is completely like set yeah. the table for events to take place later in the movie. Uh, uh, he this this kid's kind of semi problematic. <laughs> comes later bits in the film, and we'll get to that in a bit. Not for the reason you might think, but y- 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 well, again, we'll get to it. But yeah, like they they have they they uh, have it out there to like try and like fight a little bit, and yeah, the two of them actually do have like a nice connection at the start. Uh, cutting to the next scene, which is maybe my favorite of this entire well, one of my favorites of this entire vignette. Uh, Juan go back. Juan goes back to his house, and Sharon uh, is there. Uh, he's, he's he's there, and again, very little talking. They just on the next scene, they're at the beach. A very nice beach, by the way. Like I like I, I want to go here. I don't know where this is, but I want to go. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, and uh, he's teaching him. He's trying to teach him to swim, which I I do. I, I think it's a really interesting idea. You're trying to overcome the stigma, you know the the black people can't swim stigma, which yeah is a is a thing. And he's trying to teach him to overcome that. And it's actually like, this is a fantastic scene. Just the way it's shot, the way it's scored. I, I, I like that the camera is not always, is not always like above the water. Like it, it's, it's splashing in, in your face. You can probably feel the ocean. You can feel the salt on your skin while watching this scene. Yeah. yeah it's, it's almost like it was like shot, like kind of like on a GoPro. Almost, yeah. A GoPro yeah. or like one of those... Like other like little cameras that you put around your neck. Yeah, yeah, it's very yeah, it's really nice. He te- he teaches him to swim and yeah, it's a it's a real it's a really nice one between the two of them. Uh, he starts to give him some life lessons like how there are black people everywhere. You know, there there's nowhere you can go. There's no black people. And he always says some words that are gonna like resonate later in the film. First of which is about this. You know, this older this older woman, when he was in he's he's he's, he's Cuban. Yes, famed Cuban actor Mahersh Ali. Yeah. Uh, he's he's talking about you know this old woman who told him like, in the moonlight all black boys look blue. And then he says this other piece of advice to him. He says at some point you gotta decide for yourself who you're gonna who you gonna be. You can't let anybody else make that make that decision for you. Yeah. Yeah, and that, that's something that's gonna resonate much much more later in the movie. We'll and we'll get to it. Uh, he gives them some very not convincing money. <laughs> we'll say that. This is it's very clearly not a real hundred. Yes. Uh, which, yeah, seriously. But this movie's so great, you overlook that. I I I didn't even know it was money at first. I'm like, is he giving him like a piece of paper, like a receipt? What is that? Uh, yeah, it's. Uh, am I supposed to pick up dry cleaning? Like, <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on. Is, is this your parking ticket? <laughs> what am I supposed to do with this? Seriously, Jenkins, you, could, you couldn't just get you couldn't ha- have Marshall give him like a real hundred. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, I got a I got a parking ticket while we were swimming, so I need you to pay that for me. <laughs> yes, there you go. <laughs> you, you, eight-year-old boy, have, have to pay this for me. Yes. Yeah, and, and this, he goes back home. And this is the first scene where we realize something's maybe not right with Naomi Harris's character, which I runs mother. Yeah. Because he's with the, yeah. he's with the boyfriend like really quick. They, it's really it's really quick. They go back to her room, and yeah, you get the sense something's not something's not cur- all correct. 
We go to a we go to a yeah. dan- we go to a dance class the next day where I get jealous that all these kids can dance way better than I ever will. <laughs> uh, and then yeah, <laughs> I like the next scene because uh, they're talking like like they're about boys in the bathroom and they're all measuring. I'm not gonna. That's all I'm gonna leave it at. And like Sharon walks in, he's like, hey, yeah. who's walk? Who's walk? Who, like who let him in? Like you didn't have anybody watching the door. What do you mean who let him in? Anybody could have walked out. I'm surprised no one's done it up to this yeah. point. Uh, he's like, it's oh. like, yeah. He's like, oh shit! I, I thought it was, <laughs> thought it was locked. So he you know, he partakes. Uh, then he goes back into back to back home, and it, they very brilliantly demonstrate the fact that if you didn't know it already, that they really just live in poverty. The entire time, yeah. Just the way like he has, like he has to draw a bath. Like he goes and he you know, feels it like cold water. He boils a pot of water. And then just dumps it to in draw, so you can have, so you can yeah. have a hot bath. Like watching it, yeah. it's 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 sad, man. Like you 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 don't feel as bad for Chiron as you do in this segment. In, in no, it's it's heartbreaking. Yeah, because really we is. Just, these are things that we just naturally just take for granted. You know what I mean? It really is, man. It sucks to see like the kind of thing he lives, yeah. the kind of place he lives in. We see a very similar shot to the opening of Juan getting out of his car and going to you know oversee drug dealers on his street. Uh, and you see someone, uh, you know, firing up, you know, firing up at the spot. He goes to the car, and this is like the big, the first big like oh shit moment of the entire, of the entire. There's like one big oh shit moment in every single in every single vignette. This this is this one. Yeah. In which, uh, he goes to the car, just tell tell people, hey, stop lighting up here, and it's Chiron's mom, and her boyfriend. What are the odds? What are the, what are odds? the odds? Of all, of I mean, all the drug of, dealers in all the towns and all the world, he's firing up I mean, on my street. I mean, well, I mean, it obviously needs to happen, but it's like, yeah, what are the odds of that? <laughs> yeah, and I do love the conversation between these two. It's the only time they really go back and forth where he's just like, you got to stop this. And the thing that works about this is like, neither one is able to take the moral high ground. Because yeah. yeah, she does drug for the kid, but at the same time, she—he's the one selling these drugs. He's part of the problem. He's supplying it, yeah. Which, yeah. which is a, which is a nice scene later on. We see, uh, we see later on. Yeah, but so I, I do think that. I mean, yeah, he's pissed, but at the same time, like he can't, he he can't take, he can't be the bigger person. Yeah, because I mean, obviously, he needs people like her to keep him in business. So, you know, I mean, it's kind of a double-edged sword that he's, you know, wrestling with. Yes, and I, I love the look on his face. Is what, he doesn't say anything, but, like, he just doesn't know... He doesn't know what to do. He's in a really... He's in a really tough spot. You see it, like, all... All in his facial... His facial tics. Yeah. Yeah. But true. even that back and forth with, with him and Naomi Harris, um, just how she's, like, attacking him for, you know, trying to befriend his son and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. She goes. She goes home. He just. She's just like lets Chiron have it. And this is where we kind of start to see. This is where we like start to see her true colors, like like really, and then it's really amplified in the next part. But yeah, uh, she just like screams in his face and goes back to her room. And then he the next day he goes back to Juan's house, and this is where this this is my other favorite scene part. My favorite scene in this part of the film. Where he's just like, yeah, you know, he's asking. Sharon's asking about himself. Where he's like, he asks, like, what's what's a faggot? 
and he's just yeah. like it's a, it's a word used to make gay people feel bad. And he's just like am I he's like am I a mm-hmm. fag? He's like am I a faggot? He's like no, you can be gay. It doesn't mean you're a faggot. Um, but it's crazy that it, it, you feel hard. Like you really feel for little in this. I, I think you really you know, do. Jenkins does a really good job of doing this. You know what I mean? Um, just the 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 way that the mom puts the child down. You know what I mean? And when just the way when, when we're not around, the way everyone puts Chiron down. Like you really, you really end up feeling bad. You really, you feel so bad for this kid. And props to Alex. Hibbert you do because he's deal. he's good. Yeah. No, I was just say because he's wrestling around. He doesn't know who he is as a person. You know what I mean? He's just coming of age where he, where he's like a young child. Like he doesn't know anything. You know, and I, and again, we'll talk about this later on. But I think the lack of a father figure and the fact that his mother kind of alienates him. You know what I mean? He doesn't really have. He doesn't know who he is. You know what I mean? He doesn't. He doesn't have any of that self identification or any uh, you know purpose or anything like that. He doesn't know what you know him, himself. I guess kind of what i'm trying to get to um yeah it's heartbreaking man it really is it really is and, I, and the the way this 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 act ends is just such a gut punch because what happens is you know he's just talking to him and he's just like you don't have you don't have to know who you are at this point and sharon just flat out asks me he's like do you sell drugs and he says yes and he says yes and i love that he just doesn't say anything he doesn't say anything. Just gets up and yeah. And he just gets up and leaves. And then the the way the and not only the sell drugs, you know, he knows he sells them to his mom. And yeah. just the way that it, the he gets up and leaves, and the camera just focuses on Juan's face, and he just looks so. And you see a like, tear cracking down his eye. Yeah, you see like him being so yeah. internally broken. It's it's uh, it's such an amazing scene. Because he's wrestling with that, like we said before, he's wrestling with the fact that what he's doing is impacting other people. You know, what I mean, yeah, you know, you're trying to sell, you're trying to make money, but this is somebody tangible right here whose life you're kind of affecting by all this, and it's it's a super powerful scene. Oh, absolutely! And then Oscar in hand, Mahershala Ali exits the film. <laughs> yeah, signed, sealed, delivered. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Goodbye. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go do <laughs> Alita Battle Angel movies, Angel Sports Battles. <laughs> yes. Uh, we then you cut need not to... see me again. <laughs> Literally, uh, because we cut to the next scene. It's several years later. As Chiron is now a teenager, this one played by Ashton Sanders, and we see that. Can we just good? Can we can we just appreciate how the first two acts have him running from bullies? <laughs> Yeah, I thought, that was, a, I thought that was kind of funny. Literally, it, it, like we're thrown right into it again. I just thought that was kind of funny. He's always running from bullies. I was kind of mad three didn't open up like that. The third act, I was like, ah, well, come uh, on, as you had a, well, you well, could have had a trifecta going. Seeing where it ends up, you kind of understand why it doesn't, and we'll get to it. But oh, obviously, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, anyways, uh, he's he's sitting in class, and this dude just starts talking. Uh, Terrell, start, this guy starts talking shit to him. And he just like he calls him literally like, hey, don't call, don't call me that. And he's just like, what, 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 what yeah. you gonna do, Sharon? He's like, oh, he's like, I'll, he's like, I'll fucking, be, I'll beat the fuck out of you. And he gets, and he gets sent <laughs> away. So this, this, te- this teacher don't take no shit. Uh, but yeah, you can see that. Uh, I think the transition from 
Alex Hibbert to Ashton Sanders is just such a good one because you can completely buy that this is the same, that this is the exact same kid. Oh yeah, for sure. It's, it's again, you know, the word natural. I think Jenkins does a really good job just naturally conveying that. Yes. A couple of years have gone by, by obviously little has gone to the Sharon is now our vocal point, but uh, yeah, you, totally believable though. Yeah. But, uh, Terrell and his, Terrell and his homies, they're like, Hey, <laughs> we're gonna get you. We're gonna get you guys after school, and he goes inside and waits. But they're waiting by like one exit. So like, what, did this school only have one exit? <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, just just stay where you're at. Like yeah, you just, can oversee them because they're up on that that walkway or whatever. You can see them. But yeah, just stay there. They're obviously gonna go away. But yeah, like you said, that, pa- that the parallels between the opening of this of this act versus the opening of the first yeah. act. It's actually like a really good good, good job. I noticed that comparison. Uh, but then he meets another another kid who yeah. I didn't I did not know who this was. It turns out this is Kevin from the yeah yeah not not who yeah not not natural on this one <laughs> yeah yeah like we came in just like what the hell is this like like this is like Kevin like, this, okay this is Kevin what happened what happened to you yeah Kevin changed yeah Kevin changes like really yeah. Yeah, uh, I, yeah. I don't buy for a second that this kid grew into this guy. I think the performance. I think he's, I think Jarrell Jerome gives a good performance, but I don't. But I, it, yeah. it's it's hard to for a second. It's hard to believe that it's the same kid. At least at least at the end. Yeah, seriously. Uh, but yeah, you're just like hey, I got detention. Yeah. I got detention for having for getting caught having sex in the stairwell. It's just like that only got you detention. What kind of school is this? Yeah, seriously. Other people get like expelled, yeah, suspended, or something. Yeah, yeah expelled, expelled, expelled some, yeah. some other shit's going to happen to you. But I almost feel like he's trying to talk up macho, his macho-ness, you know what I mean? I think that's, uh, again, yeah, we'll talk about this later, no, kind of like a cover for... Yeah, it's actually yeah. like a very, it's actually like an extremely good point, and yeah. we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll round that back out, you know, when, when yeah. we get to the, the climax of this of this part of the film. You know, and Chiron goes home. This this segment is just called Chiron. The first one was little, this is Chiron. Uh, he goes back home, and yeah, you see that the mom is like sh- she's completely strung out at this point. Like she, but she almost looks so unrecognizable. Though is the thing that that kind of what I was hinting at earlier is the fact that Jenkins does that. Like, okay, we see Naomi Harris, you know, attractive, you know, caring mother. We think, and then now we start to see a different layer of her, like a, a, a you know, a peel of a onion has been folded back, and now we see. The next layer of her, and we see it almost like she like ages right before us very quickly, you know. Oh no, a hundred percent. She kicks him out of the house, so he has to go to Teresa. Once played once again, once again by Janelle Monae. Uh, but uh, yeah. Juan's Juan's not here. And yeah. the thing is, they they don't. Something I love about this is the fact that they never directly address it. You have to put no, the pieces together yourself. Yeah. And it's yeah, you never know. Like he's he's just not around, so like, you have to kind of put the you got to do your own little detective work and figure out what happened. Like it's it said like it said it happened to him in passing. Like it said it happened to him in passing. Like he died, but I love the fact that it's said in passing. Like it's not drawn. They don't draw a lot of attention to it, and I think that's like very emblematic of real life, because in real yeah. life, like people you know, sometimes will just be gone. And mm-hmm. it's just, and it's just like surreal the fact that these some someone you've known for years is just not around anymore. And yeah, but he's already made his impact or his stamp on 
Sharon. So I think, yeah, we don't really need to uh, kind of rehash that. We we understand that he's he's gone. Okay, now we're we're still. But this is you know Sharon's story. So we, yeah, yeah. So this is, yeah. I, I do think it's again a, a, be- a brilliantly done way of, you know, way of him not being there anymore. Uh, because yeah. the next day he has a weird dream. He has a weird dream about Kevin, <laughs> and then cut to the next day. Uh, he's going back to his, to his house, and the mom is she's a little she's a little off because she's approaching him like in a friendly ish yes. kind of way, but you know something's not quite right, and it turns out yes. that he, it turns out that she needs money, and she wants the whatever money that Teresa gave him. And like it's really like it's it's a really sad scene because like this is someone who it kind of makes you think like what what you would do in that situation with someone you knew this closely and someone who was like this who's your blood is shaking yeah. you down for money like it's it's sad it's sad to, it's sad to look at it's uncomfortable because you because you know that he knows what she's going to use it for and it's like what do you do in this situation do you give it to her just because she's your mom mom. But you don't want to because you know the harm she's going to do to her body by doing this. So it's kind of like, again, he's kind of like wrestling with, you know, the, the you know morale, you know, different morals. I guess I should say with that. It's just like it's you're you're damned either way. Yeah, uh, but yes, yeah, so he goes he goes back to school, and then the next day after school, Tyrell tries to like ambush him. <laughs> he tries to ambush him, like talking shit. I it, it's funny because he, yeah. he says something about Teresa. About Teresa, and then he just like you think she give it up like like uh, Paula does for like like Paula does for money. I, I didn't even I didn't even realize the last time I watched it that Paula is his mother because they never actually say yeah, her name at those like, points. Yeah, so like apparently like the mother is like prostituting for money for drugs. I guess yeah, no, and I guess like she's she's been with like the high schooler like kids. I'm I'm guessing I don't know yeah. or she has that. Notori- you know the notoriety of doing that. So yeah, that's that's another thing. Same thing, like kind of how you said. I kind of realized I'm like Paula. Wait, that's that's Naomi Harris. I'm like what? Yeah. Uh, so Shiro decides not to go home and not to go to Teresa's that night. Uh, instead, he goes to the beach, and it's, he goes to the beach that Kevin just so happens to be at at the same time. I, again, you, you you took the words right out of my mouth. Like I'm sitting there watching. I'm like. Come on now! What are the odds that he's that <laughs> random spot at the beach? The beach is pretty big. As we as we know, Miami only has one beach. Yeah, but I mean, it's it's uh, come on, it's it's not like you know three feet by four feet. You know, it's it's pretty big. You know, so yeah. Uh, what but, are the odds? But regardless, but you know, as opposed to the first scene where I had no idea this was Kevin when he was introduced. Yeah. This scene, you completely see it. Yeah, you get it. Because the two of them have a heart, have a heart to heart. They're just like talking about their emotional problems, their life problems, like why, like why each other cry. Like the two of them, like the chemistry, like elevates from that first scene. Yeah, and you know, uh, yeah, it evolves. Uh, the two of them, they 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 kiss. Kevin gives Sharon a <laughs> he gives him a hand job on the beach. So gives him a. Gives him a little handy, Jay. You uh, know? A, 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 a sandy handy. Uh, a sandy handy, yes. Uh, but on the beach, it's like, yeah, that's 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 gonna chafe. <laughs> you better. Yes. You better go home and uh, take a shower. You don't want to get that. You want to get sandy. 
Sandy up there, man. I mean, come it's on. Not a place to go. We all we all know Anakin Skywalker taught us all about sand in 2002. <laughs> you should know, you should know better. Yes. Come on now. Uh, but yeah, and it's a it's actually like a really sweet scene between the two of them. It like, is, and I, and and you can see the confusion between both characters in this scene. You know what I mean? Like, um, just like. They don't know what the hell's going on, but the, but you know what I mean. You know what I mean. Like they're very confused. It's like they're almost experimenting with one another. You know what I mean? Like with, um, with, with Kevin especially because he's someone who I mean, he just talked about how he was, you know, with some girl in a stairwell. But yeah, he's, been there, done that type thing. Yeah, but his yeah, but this is where he seems like more natural. He seems like he's like struggling with, you know, is this something? His you know, sexuality. Yeah. To, yeah, he's struggling with his sexuality. Where Chiron is pretty yeah. well defined. He's just he's afraid to admit it because of the environment he's in. Well, he's closeted. Yeah, he he can't he can't come out openly. I think we kind of obviously know now. Even that dream that he had before he woke up, it was a wet dream. Obviously, you could tell. I mean, it's uh, you know obviously we know that he obviously is gay. Um, so this scene here here, like I said, Kevin comes off as you know macho machismo, been there, done that. You know, I'm the ladies' man, and yeah. So we see the scene here, and I think we start to really see that both both of these kids are trying to kind of find themselves you know what i mean find out who they really you know find out who they are i got well sharon already does like how you said but he's he's still closeted he's still you know uh i guess afraid to you know come out break out you know what i mean yeah, whereas yeah. kevin is trying to mask his uh homosexuality i think no yeah i, I agree and yeah it, it's it's really like amplified in the car ride home, where it's like they they're not, they're not saying anything to each other. Like, Again, you know, you touch on looks. You know, it's all about looks, and uh, you know, just read the moment. You know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then he goes home, and we have a scene that again makes you really conflicted about Naomi Harris's character, where she's on the couch and just the way she's talking to him, and you you feel, you feel bad for her. Like you almost feel bad for her. Like yeah, this it, it, is this is again this is kind of starting. This is kind of like the start of where her arc is going to be in the next part of the next part of the movie. Uh, Did you see a snapshot of like how alienated from her son she really is? Like we're only seeing a small snapshot of it. You know what I mean? We're just seeing a couple instances, but you got to realize like this is happening on a regular basis for this kid. So you realize how deprived like this kid is from a mother figure. You know what I mean? Just for attention by anybody. You know, um, you really start to see it here. I think it really you know comes to a head here. Yeah, something I just noticed now is like every final scene with Naomi Harris kind of foreshadows where she's going to be in the next part of the movie. So I think I think that's actually like a really, I think it's a really like smart way of like doing her. Character. Okay, yeah. It, it's, it, yeah. We'll explain when we get to her part in the next movie or in the, in the next scene. But yeah, yeah uh, we get to the ne- we get to the next uh, the next day at school. Uh, Cheryl's going to go sit with Kevin, but Ty- Tyrell <laughs> he uh, intercepts. And to talk about a game they used to play called Knockdown Stay Down. You can pretty much yeah. it, you can pretty much put it together yourself. Uh, but he's like, "Hey, you, I, 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 we play today. I, I, I name a guy, you you knock him out, and you, you're like, oh god, is, 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 where, is this where it's going? Where I think it is? And what are the odds? <laughs> coming to the and coming to the next day, I this is my favorite, maybe my favorite shot of the movie, or at least my favorite like camera trick. It's where like Tyrell's walking in circles, and the whole time like the camera's like following him and you feel like like people like gradually people like gradually like start coming into frame more and more the more the camera turns 
and you feel you yeah. feel like you're being surrounded. It's claustrophobic and uncomfortable. Yeah. And just it's like I, you're going to be the one that he chooses. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like you, you expect the fist to come out and hit you in the face from the movie. Yeah. Uh, so uh, he, he goes and surprise, surprise, the guy Kevin has to punch out is Chiron. No. <laughs> I know, right? What are the odds? I'm not going to buy that. Take it back. Uh, so and something I love is like Sharon's face during all of this because. He's just like, you know, he knows who he is and he knows what Kevin means to him. And he's looking at him just like, are you going to, look, we could, but you and I, we had something. And you were going to let these people just yeah. take that away away from you and away from us. And he's just like. You're, you, you're denying him. Yeah, you're denying him. That, this is a heartbreaking scene. It really is. Oh, oh it's, um, it's so heartbreaking. Because, you know, like he, like, Sharon's like, do what you got to do to, <clears throat> you know, put that front up again. You know, hide who you are. And so, um, and, and it's hard. It's God. It's it's yeah. It's something else I love about this scene. Like his the type of performance. Like his his head's down. His head's down a lot. He doesn't like to make a lot of eye contact. This scene though, he's like full, like front and center. Like I like like he's standing up straight. Eyes are up. He's almost like he's telling Kevin, like I want you to look me in the eye when you when you like when you stab me in the back. Yeah, and like and not feel bad about it. You know what I mean. Yeah, and he hit, he hits he hits him once, and you you feel these hits, man. It's it's it's, it's brutal. But it's breaking. It's it's heartbreaking that you know even uh, Kevin's just like stay down. You know what I mean? Because he doesn't want to do it anymore. No, you no, can tell he, he doesn't. He, do he doesn't want to do this. But he but like because of the way this society perceives homosexuality, he, yes. has, he feels like he has to. You have to show your macho side here because. If not, yeah, you don't want to be called, you know, a coward or, you know, gay or a faggot or anything like that. You know what I mean? So he's, again, closet. He's kind of masking who he really is. And it's just, it's a, it's a really, you know, kind of how I said before, it's just really heartbreaking to watch because you're like, these characters have feelings for one another. And it's just, it's crazy that it has to come down to like this, you know? Yeah. And uh, coming to the next scene where he's in the principal, the principal trying to get him to press charges, but like he doesn't want to do it. And, yeah. At first, I thought it was because he had it being being a snitch is seen as a bad thing in like neighborhoods and movies, movies and TV shows like this, and, and in real life. But you watch it back again, and you're just like, oh, the reason he doesn't want to snitch is because Kevin may have turned may, Kevin may have turned his back on him, but he doesn't want to turn his back on Kevin because he he still has feelings for him. Yeah. And then he just like breaks down. Well, tears that too. It good. Yeah, that, and he doesn't want to get like maybe Kevin expelled, or he gets. Maybe Kevin booted it out of the school or something like that. So he, kind of what you were saying, hand in hand, just you know, he's trying to protect him. He doesn't want harm to harm to come from Kevin. So he's still showing that he still you know has feelings for him. You know. Yeah, and then uh, going to the next day, and the music cue and camera are completely different. It's all on his back. His body language is completely different, and you you feel it. Oh, well, there's, there's some scenes on his face, but like you you feel that like something's different. Something's gonna go down. And right when you think that the movie turns to WWE, <laughs> because but my thing, but the th- yeah, the thing about that is though, it's like how long have we seen? We we're almost an hour. We're an hour into this movie, and he has never stood up for himself. You know what I mean? He's never stood his ground. He's always been walked on. Like even in the first part of this, the little chapter, uh, you know, got picked on and stuff like that. And just ran away from it. You know what I mean? The beginning of this one, the Chiron episode. Same, or chapter, same thing, picked on, 
run from it. You know what? We're done. We're 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 going to stand our ground. We have we have to stand up for ourselves, and that that's where. But I think this is this is a really good growing but, scene for him. But the way he does it, it's just like oh, yeah. so. It's it's incredible because like he, just not giving a single fuck. He just goes into his class, no. picks up a chair, and just and lays wha- him out. And just whacks Terrell with it. Like not but you don't feel bad. You get it though. You 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 understand. Oh, the it's pent up rage that's in this kid's body you know what i mean just from constantly taking it all this time just come to a you know a brink where he's like you know what no more oh it, it's incredibly gratifying to watch yeah. and it's funny yeah. he, he gets like two or three hits before the, before the teacher does anything because it seems like so out of character for tyrone for for Chiron. But yeah, you yeah. you buy it at this point, and yeah, he's just like, this is this is it. This is where this is the moment that's going to define who he is for the rest of his life. But it's almost like the teacher's like, you know what? I'm going to turn a, an eye to it for a second because this kid totally deserves it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to break it up right away because this kid literally had this coming because he's seen him getting, you know, heckled and bullied like that during class all the time. So it's like, yeah, you kind of reap what you sow there in that situation. Yeah, uh, and then. Yeah, so uh, he does. He does that. He gets pinned down. He gets arrested, and Kevin sees him getting put into the cop car, and he, you know he's got it. You know he feels something for this because, in a weird way, this is it's kind of his. This is kind of his fault. I mean, granted, Chiron's actions were his own, but he, he yeah. did the thing that led him to this point, and he's kind of remorseful because yeah, of the, because if, if he had not, yeah, yeah, it is his fault because if you take you know. You know him punching, you know uh, Sharon out and stuff like that, and, and you know Terrell constantly picking on him. This stuff wouldn't have happened. So yeah, it was I mean, totally kind of hand in hand. Kevin kind of actually kind of started the ball rolling a little bit even more. Like Kevin, Kevin put himself before Sharon. Sharon put Kevin before himself, and Sharon paid for it. Yeah, yeah, he re- yeah he really did. Uh, and then cutting to the next scene, the last vignette, the last vignette of the film. Well, it starts off with shot with uh, Chiron's mom screaming at his little boy again, but then we cut to older Chiron, played by Travante Rhodes, who you want to know why little, he's not getting little hit the gym. Yeah, you want to know why he's not getting chased by bullies? It's because because of how he looks. This dude's yoked. Yeah, this dude, this dude is <laughs> yoked. He is yoked. Uh, yeah, he he, he looks. Hitting them Planet Fitness. <laughs> he, look, he looks great, and. Yeah, like watching this, like he, Jeez. you, com- you I, completely—that's a, that's a complete, uh, yeah. You completely buy that these that these guys would all grow up to be the same person. Like the casting for Chiron is just so incredible. Yeah. Like I, I think so. I think you can. I think you can buy that Alex Hibbert could grow into into Ashton Sanders. You can buy that Ashton Sanders could grow into Chavante. Yeah. And I will say, Travante gives my favorite performance of any of the Chirons. I think that he's the only one to have like a multi-layered performance. Well, I mean, Ashton had a little bit of that, but yeah. No, I'll say because yeah, you know, I I I agree because there's a lot of layers to his character here in this um in this chapter that we'll talk about. Yeah, well, yeah. Whereas like Travante had to blend all the nuances of both Alex. And Ashton, while also giving a place of like where Sharon yeah. is right now, because he's a very, very different person. Like he's almost more emblematic of like Juan in the negative ways. Like he sells drugs, uh, 
He has his own posse. He's like very. I mean, you look at the guy. He's like very. <laughs> he's he's an intimidating dude. I mean, guys. Guy works out. I mean, clearly lifts some dumbbells. You know. Yeah, it's it's kind of like if he looks kind of like Fifty Cent if you were a better actor. I mean, I like Fifty Cent, but yeah, he's no Travolta. Yes, this is yeah. Yes. Yeah. And it, it, you you can tell that he commands like some kind of presence because you look at this next like one scene comes later where he's like counting money and he's like you're short he's like Wait, what like you're short and he's like oh yeah you count it and you can just like feel that this dude is on edge and then he's just like ah, I'm just kidding and he's like you don't know whether to like laugh or like cry <laughs> because at this scene. But it's like the opposite of how his life has been, though. You know what I mean? He's been the one that was kind of like head down, nobody knows me, you know what I mean, type thing. And now it's like the role reversal, kind of how we've been kind of uh, alluding to the whole entire review. You know what I mean? Now it's like now he's more forward and in your face. You know what I mean? He's more vocal now than, he, than he had ever been. Yeah. Uh, you see him doing CrossFit, which is something that was very popular in 2016 movies. And while, while the whole time like his mom is on the phone with him, or well, no, it, it's a voicemail from his mom where he's just like, "Hey, you know, you haven't come to see me in a while." It's like I, I, I miss you, and you kind of get a taste of what her her see. She's in this one probably the least of any of any of the vignettes, but it's probably her favorite best scene, which we'll get to in a bit. But yeah, uh, yeah, he, he he, you can tell like him and his mom are not in a good place. But then uh, he gets another call, and it turns out it's from Kevin. Yes, the what? Kevin. What? No. Well, we find no. out. No, he doesn't have his number. Well, no, well, no. We do find out that he got it's a throwaway line. He thought he got his number from Teresa, who I guess is still I guess is still around, but she's not she's not in this part of the movie. Probably so. Probably yeah. so. Naomi Harris to be the only one who's in all three vignettes, but yeah. yeah. Uh, he's like uh, we find out that Ter- that uh, he's in Atlanta right now. He uprooted from Florida and he's in Atlanta. Uh, and Kevin is in Florida. We find out that he also did some prison time. We don't know for what. Probably drugs. I'm assuming drugs. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So again, uh, he's a he's a cook at a restaurant, and he's like, "Hey, you should you should uh, come down sometime." And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll I'll, I'll do that." And that's the kind of thing you say when you ne- when you're never gonna do it. But uh, Kevin, and in fact, like he has another. Another junior about Kevin, which I guess is something he hasn't done for a while, and another wet dream because like you look at you look at like where he's looking when yeah it's over it's like oh damn yeah okay I mean, yeah oh, something fu- about these dreams man Kevin got a Kevin got a hold on him Kevin, Come on. Kevin got a, Kevin got a hold on him funny thing is like I wonder if like he knows what Kevin looks like now because like you can see he knows it in his head but he hasn't seen but they said he hasn't seen Kevin in ten years so how do you know what he looks like now. So the next day he goes to visit his mom at what we can only assume is a rehab facility. It's what it looks like. I mean, he's wearing a visitor's tag. Yeah, that's the kind of vibe that I got. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, this, and first of all, the, the, the old age makeup is actually like really convincing. <laughs> yeah. And something I like, and something like I was saying with the last part, where like the last scene really alluded to what her next, her next uh, role was going to be. And you know you you really evolve from you really evolve with her character because you you first you're disappointed you, you it's it, like if you're first you're angry with her then you're terrified of her now you're just you feel sorry for her you really do because yeah she she yeah. you now see that she sees the error of her ways she sees where she's gone wrong with Sharon she wants her she wants him to forgive her but he's not doing it 
I mean, can you blame him? I mean, look how many years, like I've said before, like how many, you know, how, how long that's that constant, you know, just like neglect and abuse have, have gone on. It's just it's so much, you know, it's, it's kind of hard to forget that much. Yeah, but you, but in in a way you can see that he doesn't fully forgive her, but he's like leaning, he's like slowly getting towards it because I I love the way the scene ends where he's like trying to smoke, but he can't do it, so he just takes he lights it for her, and then the two of them just like they just hug it out, and it's just it's such like a sweetly shot scene, and it's just like a nice end to that character's kind of arc. And I said this, yeah. for, I said it for now. The most impressive thing about Naomi Naomi Harris' performance. All of her scenes were shot in three days. She did all of this in three days. Isn't that nuts? It is. I mean, it just showcases you know what a you know great actress she is. I mean, yeah. I mean, I know I know Viola. I know Viola Davis was fantastic in Fences, and she deserved to win an Oscar. Problem. I I think that she's. It's a it's a little bit of category fraud happening here, between her and. uh, but between with her being a supporting actress, because she she's a lead, she's totally yeah. a lead in Fences. But uh, you you saw yeah. Manchester by the Sea, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, who, who, okay. Say Viola Davis was in lead where she should have been, and she probably should she probably should have won lead because I think she's I think she is better than Emma Stone in La La Land. Not that I don't like Emma Stone, but I think Viola Davis is yeah. is phenomenal in Fences. Uh, say that she's in lead. Who do you give the Oscar to? Do you give it to her or do you give it to Michelle Williams from Manchester? Between, uh, who am I saying? Between uh, Naomi Harris? Yeah, Naomi Harris and Michelle Williams. I'd give it to Naomi Harris. Yeah, I, I just I think too. the body of... Yeah, just the body of just transformation. You know what I mean? I, I, there really wasn't a whole lot of transformation um, character-wise in Manchester by the Sea. It's been a long time. It's been a while since I've seen it, but I kind of remember it's it's... I mean, Michelle Williams pretty much plays Michelle Williams in the whole entire film. You know what I mean? She's not really... She, she, has, she has one fantastic scene with Casey. But then, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, yeah, every scene... But, like, the, the transformation that Naomi Harris goes through, all the levels she has to portray, I think she does it yeah. incredibly well. So, yeah, I, I also would have given it to Naomi Harris. Yeah, I, I think that uh, she definitely should have. Uh, but also, these are two actresses that, I guess, switch agents, but after, after their Oscar nominations, because... You look at the body of work after they won the Oscars. Holy shit! And now both of them are going to be in Venom yeah. too. Both of them will be in Venom too. So let that sink in. Yeah. But it was Sharon goes to he goes to the restaurant where Kevin's supposed to be working, and uh, he go, uh, he goes at him, and I love the way this is the scene is done because when they first meet. The camera's like on their face, so you can like really like take in the emotions they're feeling seeing each other again after all these years. And with and yeah. and uh, Chiron, as soon as he's Kevin, goes right back to being that kid that he was in high school. Like he, it's almost immediate, it's so subtle that you almost don't notice it. Yeah, yeah, it's so it's so great. Uh, the older version of. Uh, Kevin is played by Andre Andre Holland, I think is his name. I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure that's okay. it. <laughs> okay, if you say so. Okay, I I agree. I mean, we'll we'll, we'll go with it. Sounds <laughs> I, good. I agree. It is Andre Holland. <laughs> if it's uh, not, see, told you. If it's not. I'm sorry because he he is a great actor. 
Uh, he's he's good. This yeah, and, yeah. You know, the, the, Kevin is like struggling to find words to say. Uh, I'm sorry, Chiron's struggling to find words to say. Kevin makes an excellent looking chicken dish. Like it looks like I I I, I don't know what it is, but I want it right now. <laughs> I, should, I should I should go get lunch after this. Cause I'm kind of hung- I'm kind of hungry now. But <laughs> it's, uh, perfect segue. Yeah, they kind of talk about like where they've been over the past couple of years. They share a drink, and this is the big oh shit moment of this of this scene, where uh, Kevin reveals that he has a son. Uh, he has a son with someone who he who they both used to know. Maybe the girl he's having sex with in the stairwell. I don't know. I can't remember her name. But, uh, yeah, yeah, and you, you can see like Chiron's smile, like mental smile, kind of leave his face, where he's just like, "Oh, you, yeah, you're back on that. Okay, then that, that's fine." Uh, but yeah, yeah, you can tell that Kevin's also he's delighted. He's he's delighted, but also kind of shocked to see to see Chiron. He's like, "I mean, I mean, I told you to come by. I didn't didn't mean it like that. I, I, I didn't think you'd come like the next day." <laughs> And the everything. transformation that I mean, Sharon's done. I mean, he got to be completely like, wow, you know? Yeah. You, you also you also got to talk about how like okay, remember when I said uh, the kid the kid who played Kevin was a little odd is because I it's it's hard to buy the the, trans, the transmission from this from these kids like Sharon's actors are all cast really well. It's hard for me to believe, look, because I, I believe Jarrell Jerome can grow into Andre Holland. I believe the kid can grow into Andre Holland. I don't believe that kid can grow into Jarrell Jerome. Like it's it, it's it, it's a weird yeah. transition between the two of them. Like you ultimately buy it because the performance is there, <laughs> but it's just it's weird to look at. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I know. Yeah. So he goes. He plays. He plays the song. The song for him because he said he, he had a song that he thought about him. I thought it was gonna be like a song that was played later in the movie or the song that played in the car ride home, but no, it's neither of those things. Uh, so. Uh, they go, they drive off, and it's just like, hey, what are you gonna do? It's like, uh, I don't know. I just came here. I just came here without. kind of just jumped without a parachute. Uh, so they go, they go back to Kevin's place, and you kind of just like, you're not what I expected. What did you expect? And you can tell, like, they're just like, they're still like very confused about how they feel about each other. Yeah. Again, wrestling with like emotions and just everything in general, but. But we also see in kind of what we're going to be talking about with the, you know, the who is you line that uh, Kevin throws to Black in this character. Yeah. Uh, in, this, in this scene. We forgot to mention the vignette's called Black because that's basically who he's become. Yeah. Um, but just we, we know that this isn't who he who he is. You know what I mean? Like he's wearing like grill grills. He's, he's like all the fancy jewelry like this is like this is somebody that would never we've seen the transition from little to chiron wrong to to here like yeah, this again saying about the masking you know what i mean kind of how kevin masked his you know uh homosexuality in high school i think you know again chiron's try, black is trying to do that here and yeah you also see that you you do get a sense of that because of when you're talking to kevin he's just like you know, I moved to Atlanta. I built myself from the ground. I built myself hard. He just became a completely different person. So, which is why yeah. so many people he's unrecognizable. And uh, the scene comes to a very beautiful end, where he's just like, "You're, you know, you're the only man that's ever touched me. Like you're, you're the only one." 
And it's kind of like this version, this movie's version yeah. of the shirt broke back mountain. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I wish. I, yeah, yeah. You can clearly yes, see. Yes, I know what you're talking about. You can clearly see. It's, about, uh, yeah, it's uh, paying homage to to that scene. Well, not, maybe not paying homage, but like trying to do its own take on it. And you see, this is the yeah. difference between homage and ripping off. You see, you can do things that remind you of things you've seen before, but don't just like, like just flat like rip it from the from the movie. Yeah, and we'll talk about that with with other movies later in the future, I'm sure. But yeah, it comes to such a beautiful end with the two of them just like just like holding each other. And in the final shot, it's young Chiron looking out at the water, and then he turns around it, it, in the moonlight, turns around to the camera, and then cuts to black. So what yeah. this what this means to me, what what I think this means, the fact that, like I said, this goes back to what Juan told him on the beach that day, where he's just like. Well, first of all, it's like at some point you have to decide for yourself who you're going to be. You can't let anyone make a decision for you. Uh, when when Chiron smashed the chair on Terrell's back, that was him letting people decide for him who he was going to be. Yeah. And and he's been and he's been that person ever since then. But this is him. Yeah. This is this signifies him finally deciding for himself. That he's going to be who he wants to be. No, I, I completely agree. I, I think it's like I said, you know, kind of how you said it's it's it's, you know, his character finally able to kind of make his own path. And again, I think we see this beach scene because again, we see when you know Juan was talking to him, uh, the you know the symbolism of the beach, just with the you know how he um, you know shared that moment with Juan, um, and I think like how you kind of said, you know, no we. We finally, you know, Black's finally comfortable in his skin. I think now he's okay to not front about who he is. You know what I mean? And I think that's what, like I was saying at the beginning of this chapter, we see this guy with grills and all this other stuff, and we know that this isn't really who he is. You know what I mean? No, I agree. And I think that, you know, in the movie, like, all black boys look blue, which seems like, I think it's kind of meaning, like, I, th- I, think, I think that whole allegory means that you can kind of be like you, you, you're all you, you can be equal like in certain like if you look at it we're really all the same like we're just we're just people and you're free to be just a person and i think that the final shot of him like looking out and just like looking back it's finally him his yeah it, it's finally him being in a place where it's okay to be who he is and i think it's a uh, spectacular this movie is yeah. fantastic it still holds up It's such a journey that, like, the character has gone on to, like, you know, self-realization of who he is, he is as a character. I mean, this is more of a kind of like a subtle LGBT film. You know what I mean? It's not very, it's not going to be, it's not like saying it beats you over the head with it. But you know what I mean? Like, this is more subtle. This is just a character, you know, realizing, hey, you know what I mean? That I, I am gay. You know what I mean? And it's, and it's yeah. okay to be that way. Yeah. Uh, this movie, if I had to describe this movie to somebody, it's like, think... Brokeback Mountain meets Boyhood by way of by way of boys in the hood. It sa- it sounds like a crazy combination, but it works so well. Or it's almost like I would even throw Love Simon in there too, minus the like internet type thing. You know what I mean? Just like wrestling around with sexuality and kind of hiding it, being afraid to come out. You know what I mean? And I think this movie is incredibly it's incredibly timeless because I think it'll be timeless because you can't really lock down 
a time period for this film. Like it doesn't, you, you don't really know when this is taking place until you see Chiron hold a smartphone. Did you get that? Yeah, I mean it's it's got. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're you're you're. There's no yeah. There's no time time frame on it. I think it's a movie that's always going to be, you know, uh, revered and watched because of the fact that it does have messages that are relevant and will be relevant for here. You know, for here on out for the you know foreseeable you know future. I don't see any you know how it's not. But yeah, I, I think for sure this movie definitely will uh, will hold up and stay relevant. Yeah, this movie is excellent. I adore it. It was, it was my favorites to come out in 2016. It was one of my favorite movies of all time. And yeah, uh, glad we got a chance to review it for Pride Month. Yeah, for sure. I was I was sad that I put Brokeback Mountain. I burned my bridge there early. I, I, I gambled on that one with uh, 15, uh, 15th anniversary. Wanted I would have put Brokeback back on, but I was like, uh, just it was one of those things where I knew we weren't going to have it on back to back. You know, back to back poles, but kind of how you feel with Moonlight. I think Moonlight is your Brokeback, my Brokeback Mountain. Um, it's just one of those movies that you know. It's just, it's, it's, it just, it's just a great movie. You know what I mean? You, you just, you know. But not taking anything away from this, Moonlight's an excellent film. You know, I'm glad we, you know, we talked about it. Um, another contested poll, really close again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's gonna do it for that's gonna do it for us. Uh, Russell, want to give our plugs before we head out? Yeah, Notorious by Chance is the Facebook group. Go ahead and get involved on that. We're, uh, we're growing kind of a little bit more of an insurgence. It's really nice. Um, go ahead and join that. That's where we put up polls and you know you guys decide what we review. And then you can also find us on YouTube, which we, we're going to get back to. We've been you know talking about you know it forever. What, since we'll get back to the, it eventually. The, the 12th, we're actually getting some like major titles coming out. We, the Five Bloods, Artemis Fowl, and Stat- King of Staten Island. So now you've got time to get back into reviewing. Yeah, I mean, and so yeah, look look out for us on uh, YouTube, Notorious by Chance. Maybe you know we'll review a couple of them, if not all of them, on there. But uh, yeah, that's really about it. If I may, Twitter Instagram Chance World underscore ninety one. Check out the Schmodown where I compete. Got a big match coming up with one Mr. Paul Yama. It's going to be a really fun time. And uh, yeah, that's going to do it for us. And we will see you next week, where uh, you know we're not going to stop getting into you know really. Horror, really like real movies with like really real themes. As Winston Marshall will be coming on to talk to us about a best way to describe it is a black inequality movie. What we mean by that, we'll figure we'll figure out. You'll, you'll figure out when we see the poll or what we review. But yeah, uh, tune in for that next week. Uh, for right now, that's Russell. I'm Chance. We will see you next.